two, one. Yeah, we ready right now. It's about time. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Command Time with Kayla DT on the Ins and Out D YouTube channel. We back again with another episode. We, sorry for the little hiatus we had. Um, we had some things to take care of in house, but my girl Kayla, she's she's back. I'm back. It's good to see um, my friend, my sister, back on the channel and going back in good health. So, how how you been? taking it day by day but i'm better now but let's get into what we have missed a lot has transpired since the end of the season ended up with the number two overall pick we got rid of ron rivera and pretty much all the coaching staff del rio was gone mid-season we found out today eb is gone so a lot has transpired within the um, coaching staff how do you feel about those changes that were made at the end of the season um it was it was warranted i mean expected as well um especially with the season like the season pretty much ended for the players that bears game on thursday night i think that's when everything shifted within the locker room with a lot of the players and all the things that was going on that game pretty much was the imitude of the season you see players starting to play hard but not as hard as you expected um you've seen you know some of the coaching, you know, being lackadaisical. You see some of the players starting to regress, um, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, change was needed. Change was definitely needed um, for this team. And, you know, Ron had, had four years basically to build this team up. Well, unfortunately, there was a lot of things to go into factor. And, you know, because we haven't been up here to talk about it, but, Long story short, um, there were some things that Ron really couldn't do because he was too much focusing on what the media First had to say. Yeah. So that that was probably the biggest thing. And plus, player personnel was a huge problem, whether it was free agency or um, the draft. Too much and, on his plate instead of just being a coach. He, and he even admitted um, he, he, he didn't start playing call and play. Out, out of four years, even hear a coach say that, just means that you got to go like to not call plays until three, the final five games of a season. Like that, 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 that's just a dagger. In four years, you told me we haven't had a coach in four years when you're supposed to be the coach, the leader. You're supposed to be, if you, even if not as much involved in everything, you're supposed to be at least involved with the offensive coordinator. But you're basically saying that all these times when you let them kick their feet up, even the stuff you didn't like, you just let it flow through without saying anything. Like, I think that just was writing on the wall. And I did like Ron as Ron himself, but it was just time. Like, it was just time. And I'm, I will continue to respect Ron because we was in a, even though it ended up bad, but at times it wasn't as bad as it was when he got here. Like at a point, this place was a dumpster fire. So I do appreciate yeah, like, that. I agree. But other than that, that's about it. I agree. Um, and when you look at it now, um, things been cleansed. Obviously, Ron is is now gone. He's no longer the head coach here. Um, I'll go Ron Rivera as the the GM per se, and then comes Adam Peters from 
San Francisco, San Francisco 49ers organization, very high respected. One of these up and coming young guys in the room that has gathered a lot of talent for the 49ers is the reason why they have been very competitive and been in the past couple of NFC championship and two Super Bowl appearances, which they play next Sunday. So Adam Peters now comes over here to Washington. Um, he brings a lot of experience from a lot of teams that he won with. Uh, the Patriots, the Denver Broncos with the Peyton Manning team, and obviously the 49ers. And, you know, I think that was a big get for um, this organization um, to have a guy that has been in the trenches in the the late rounds and, you know, being involved. So he's going to be a key piece. And now we we now know who our head coach is. Um, Obviously, um, the talks were about the guy from Detroit Lions, who I'm not going to name. So this guy is Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn is um, somebody that I actually kept my eyes on um, the past couple of years. I even talked to uh, Cowboys content creator VJ Nix. I asked him a question about this a couple months ago. And I said, what would it take for Dan Quinn to you know leave Dallas? I understand everybody is stuck on the – Falcons twenty eight to three um, disaster in the Super Bowl, but it's a staff. Not blaming quarterback. It's not just going to coach. He actually had to grow from that. People act like yeah, I know, but I'm, I'm just saying, like it's 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 still going to be with him. But at the end of the day, that's what everybody is going to know him for. But it's, in spite of that, he still is one of the most respected coaches in the league. He brought up as a man, and you know, I asked him what would it take for him to, you know, leave Dallas because I felt like he was itching for another opportunity. And, you know, he told me some of the details and things like that. And a lot of those details, you know, it, it kind of fit what Washington had, you know, a Washington new ownership, an ownership that's going to have your back. Um, a couple of pieces. I mean, it may not be the pieces right now on the team. You have a couple of spots, but player personnel, you can just be a coach. Yeah, in, in terms of the money going to be here and, you know, having people that will come and help you, I think those are something that has really attracted Dan Quinn and also, you know, the, his, the history of the Washington franchise has been one as well. So I'm I'm pretty excited about the Dan Quinn hire. I know a lot of people were, you know, kind of iffy on it, and, and but now they started to grow over the, you know, choice the past couple of days i'm i'm all in on dan quinn okay so for me through the whole first the gm change with adam peters i was excited because we in washington we're so used under the old era i'm not even going to bring up the name but under the old era like nobody ever wanted to interview for here if it was it was like an older candidate who wasn't really focused on here who ended up just being living anyway like we never had top candidates just coming just to, be, to speak with us. So that was like a breath of fresh air from the new ownership group. They, um, they're keeping their word. And they also stated that they was looking for a leader of men. That's what we bring us to the coach, which is Dan Quinn. Um, I never was I, – I did like McDonald. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't like McDonald. I like McDonald. But I was never really too high on Ben Johnson with this team because I know what this team really needs. We want to see, like with this fan base, we want to see stuff done fast and in a hurry. With Ben Johnson, first time play caller, this rebuild, which is not a rebuild with based off what Dan Quinn said. Well, if we would have had Ben Johnson, I think it would have been more of a rebuilding process with him being a newer coach. And then I think that would have 
drawing players away. I think coaches respect. I'm not saying they don't respect Ben, but he's still young, so he's still having to build up that that line of trust throughout the league that uh, Quinn would have built. So I was happy with the hire, and I kind of um, knew it was going to happen a few a few weeks in advance. So like I was prepared for it, and just having to talk with that man, like he he's funny. Like that's all I gotta say. He gonna be he gonna get this team right. So um, that's all I really gotta say about that hire. But I'm just excited to see what Adam Peters does in the draft. In the past, the Commanders we would never hit on rounds like two. Every time we get a second round pick, even the past at least the past four years, our second round picks do not hit at all. And I'm happy that we're going to be able to actually build through the later parts of the draft and not just round one. And at round one, we reach that time. I'm actually happy to actually build through the draft the correct way. That's how winners are built, through the draft in a sprinkle of free agency. Yeah, um, I, I see all that. So let's talk about this press conference. Um, so I didn't really get into it as much today because as soon as the press conference started, I had some um, some duties I had to take care of. So what what were your thoughts on you know his press conference today? Um, I heard he was very impressive. Yep, he has a clear vision. That's what you want in a coach. Not no one who's shy of the moment. He had a clear vision. He, he knows what he wants for this team. He knows what he wants for himself. He took accountability. So he's going to grow from the mistakes that he made in Atlanta. That's what I want to see in my coach. And not just that. He was just talking about how aggressive we're going to be. He wants physical players. That's what we need in this locker room. We heard in the past how our players really wasn't too fond of tough teaching and things of that sort. Not No more of that. Y'all all going to have to compete. And nothing's going to be given to you anymore. Like, I, I'm ready for this defense to turn up to the next level because they took a big drop. I still don't see how. But they took a big drop in one season. I think with this coaching, and Witt was a smart hire for him as well. Bringing his understudy, somebody who's been with him, not just there, but also with Green Bay. That just, that just speaks volumes. And also another thing that stood out with me with Dan Quinn, he actually understood how to handle D.C.'s media, which I think is huge if you want to be a head coach in Washington. Like he he just he, he he was just natural like, and that's I'm just here for it. Yeah, that's that's very true. So, for me, um, I, I've I looked at some of the tweets um today, and he he you know he nailed it. I mean, I I think he, I I think for a lot of coaches, you know, they're always gonna nail at least the conference unless you get like a um. Seriano or Derek Dan Campbell at times, but um, there's a reason why he he aced some interviews with Adam Peters and the Hogs. Um, you you see the veteran experience that he brings um, from his first rodeo being a head coach. He he's saying all the right things, and you know he has a lot of experience in that area. Um, working so he with singly wants to be here. That's what 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 makes me happy the most. You want to be here. You yeah, want to get to work. That, that right there. That resonated with me because a, a lot of times, you know, in the past we would hear about like, you know, they would say they want to be here, but it, it actions don't show. The actions Action didn't show. Yeah. I think with Quinn, he legit wanted to be here, and he knew that having new ownership, having people that look like they're going to have your back. And he he sees his team twice a year. Um, He sees some of the stuff that is there can help him, but he also sees some of the stuff that he needs to work on. So it's it's going to be very interesting to see what he's going to do the past couple months. But overall, I'm very impressed with what, you know, he – 
he established his culture. Well, he hasn't established culture, but he established his his way of how he wants to do things, um, press conference wise. And I'm very excited for the next couple of months of the team identity that's going to flourish on the field and off the field. Me too. Instead of all the mess that we always used to every off season, non football related media and national televisions want to throw us under the mud. Let's actually focus on football with a real front office for once. Like, I am, like, so ecstatic. A few more weeks until free agency starts. Like, I want to see we, right now we only have about 20-something uh, about players. I want to see how they build out this team, see the physical, explosive players. That, that's that's a word that they used a few times in a press conference. So I want to see what direction they go in that and see if, do we have any of those still on the team. If so, can they bring it out of them? Like, there's some players that can be coached up still on this team. Like, I can see Quan Martin taking the next step in that system. I can see Forbes. People all wrote off Forbes after last season, not even thinking about what actually happened last season. I can see this This is going to be a big jump for Forbes last season. I think his mental just got messed up. One young corner started off the season well. He played against a good receiver. Then once you play against that good receiver, um, the coaching staff, they don't adjust to that receiver. Just play doesn't play no safety help with you. This is your first time playing a, a, a solid, solid receiver. You played okay, but not great. This is your first test. And when they see you struggle, they didn't put nobody to help you with that test. Along as the season went on, he still struggled a little bit. Uh, along with the struggles, they benched him a few times. Like, that's just a lot for a rookie. And then after he got benched a few times when other corners on the team wasn't producing as well. So what kind of message does it send to everybody? You want to, you want to bench a rookie, but the but a, a juice out here, giving a big yardage and being out here for years. And then after that, he got injured. I think this is going to be a good reset for, like, a Forbes I think Jamin Davis can ball out. They can play simple on the end a little bit, be creative with him because Quinn is good with his linebackers and safety. So I want to see what that looks like as well. Yeah, so I don't think it's just four. I think it's a lot of people on that defense that um, is going to be rejuvenated. You see some of the tweets they had, uh, Jamin Davis, um, Brian Robinson, and even Jahan Dotson, even though they're on the offensive side, but they they know that and a lot of their team can, can can play better. Um, so my, my thing is, you know, you're you're finally getting somebody that's going to teach uh, the defense. And speaking of teaching, let's let's go ahead and talk about the other big news um, that I happened last yesterday. night. Late last yeah. night. It's the last night we Dan Quinn has been a coach for a few days now. And last night it became official. It was a little. Um, with Cliff Kingsbury as our offensive coordinator moving forward for the next three years, Cliff, um, he's, I think he can be a good offensive coordinator. He wasn't the best head coach in the league, but you, 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 you can't not say he didn't succeed in the NFL. Like, he, his offenses were great. How he, he did wonders with Kyler Murray. He's a quarterback whisperer. I think he'll work in an um, offensive coordinator position. So he won't have to take on everything like the defense. And when he was the Cardinals, wasn't great, but he was a head coach, a young head coach. But his, his system was still great. Yeah. So let, let's talk about uh, the new guy. So Cliff Kingsbury is now officially the offensive coordinator for Washington. Um, going to be completely honest with you. Um, as soon as he took his name out of consideration for the Raiders job for a lot of reasons, instantly thought about Washington. Now, I, I will say I'm not the craziest Cliff Kingsbury fan in terms of some of the things he does offensively, but 
I, I'm definitely going to give him a chance and give him a shot because I think um, he's he's still innovative. I just think, you know, some of the things that he has to adjust to and adapt a little bit more to the NFL style, what it is today. And that's mean like motions and stuff like that. But we'll get into that later. But overall, um, I think this is a solid hire. Um, you know, you heard the press conference today. Um, this reminds Dan Quinn of when he hired um, – Kyle Shanahan's uh, a person, you know, that was up and coming and had a lot of potential. And you've seen him, you know, elevate himself to head coach. Now, Cliff King here kind of different. He was a head coach in the NFL, but now he's going to be calling plays. I think he's going to be a better play caller than a leader of men. And that's probably what, I mean, it's not probably, it's what you want him to do in Washington. You want him to be the play caller, um, get this offense to, Playing consistently, uh, getting him some weapons. There's some weapons here. Probably need to get more on the O line and probably add a running back and a tight end, and definitely talk about the quarterback. But I think Kingsbury is going to be, you know, he's going to be the most pulverized hire, and it's going to be a lot of talks with, you know, Kayla Williams heading to DC. This, um, oh yeah, so. there's, there's definitely some smoke. It's a little, a few months out, but you know, when there's smoke, you know what comes after smoke. Whenever there's smoke, there's fire. Um. But I do believe Cliff can work with a Jaden Daniels. I do believe he can. Because he's just good with quarterbacks, plain and simple. I don't think he's a great leader. I don't think he's great with defenses. I do like his play calling. And I do like what he can do with quarterbacks. He's done it with some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL today. And one coming up in the future as well. So I got confidence in him. I just still want to see how the rest of the staff molds out on the offensive side. Like the most important position would be the offensive line coach. Because our offensive line has been terrible for years. Like, that's what I want to see. I don't want no I in a way I want a younger candidate, but I do want somebody with a little bit of experience to be our offensive line coach. Because we gotta get that right for the new quarterback. Uh I'm still on the O line is not terrible. I think there's other factors. It it needs talent, but it, it's definitely not all their fault. They're in they're in far too many positions. When you're throwing the ball 55 to 45 plus times, obviously. I'm expecting the old lineman to get beat at least four to five times a game because they're always on the island. So, I mean, you they still need to get talent. That position needs to be invested, including Wiley needs to go to guard. I mean, that's my opinion. Um, that's the only position, position flex I would do. I would put him at guard um, probably next to Charles Leno, and then you draft a right tackle and go left tackle um, next year. And you would start at center? I probably would, but I still would need to get another center because I would let Nick go. I would let Nick go. I'm he, he's cut. I'm sorry. Yeah, all he's good. All he's good for is you know not wearing his shirt, but um, that's about it. He's aggressive, but not on the field with his mouth. But um, <laughs> in other news, how do you feel about the other hire we had last night? Our, we got our defensive coordinator. Not maybe not the one that most fans wanted. But still a solid hire. A lot of fans wanted Al Harris. He still may be coming over to pick on what's going on in Dallas if he's not their coordinator. But how do you feel about Witt coming over as our coordinator? Look, any anybody from the Dallas Cowboys defense, I'm 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 happy because they have been a consistent product, even though you know we could talk about you know some of the playoff game letdowns they had with you know running run defense on offense. overall though like um joe witt is he's well respected as well um he is coach hall of famer he is coach all pros he is coach pro bowlers and this is the opportunity that he's been waiting for that he legit 
um, was being scheduled for the Cowboys interview, and he just jumped bolt because Dan Clint said, well, you come over here, you're automatically going to be D.C. And oh, this is a trick okay. for him. And I, I love it for him. And uh, an interesting nugget I heard today, um, Ryan Clark and Joe Witt have a great relationship. And Joe Witt has already called a couple of our players, mainly Manuel Forbes and Payne Allen, while, real good. while eating out with Malik Hooker, K-Ron, Curse, and I can't remember the other player, but he was eating out with those guys. These guys were giving the uh, our players advice of, about what to expect from Joe Witt, what type of character you're going to get, um, oh, the motivation. Cool. And they did this while giving him a going away dinner, knowing that this is their last time seeing him. He's coming over for his journey to be to D.C. That's that's a guy, you know, that is a player's coach. Anytime you got players, you know, showing that type of love and affection, they're they're giving – they're giving your rival players some advice on what to expect for him. So um, I'm excited about this hire, man. This this is evenly keeled with the Cliff Kingsbury, but I'm a little bit more excited about Joe Witt because based on the story and based on the relationships he had, this is the opportunity he also has been waiting for. And one thing Green Bay. He was with Green Bay at first. Yeah, he was with Green Bay, but, you know, his name was also resonating with the Cowboys players because a lot. Let's not forget the Cowboys had the worst defense in 2020. Before, before that whole regime came, before Quinn and, and before Whit with him, and other just, people as well. Ow. They flipped all these guys around. So this is this is special no for them. The draft position, they get the best out of their players. That's all I've ever been wanting. And then also another thing is I'm 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 glad in the press conference today they will talk about getting um, players for their position. Because in the past, we would have position flex this, position flex that. We'll have a safety playing corner. We'll have a linebacker playing middle linebacker. And they're really not a mic. They'll really be a mic. Like, it's even crazy stuff. A tackle playing guard. It was all, I'm happy we're actually going to get dogs at their positions, respective positions. So they can focus on one thing and master that one thing instead of being confused. Yeah, I, I agree with that, too. So now... How would you grade these hires, though, so far? I know we're going to get a little bit more this week, but what would you grade the Cliff Kingsbury and the Joe Witt hire? Okay, so I I know a little bit more about Cliff than I do about Witt. So I'm going to go ahead and give both of them – I'll give both of them B hires, honestly. And I'll give Quinn – I'll give him a, a B plus. So two Bs and then a B plus. I'm going to be biased. I, I'm going to give – I'm going to give Joe Witt an A. Based on the, the love, that he's getting. and I'm gonna give Cliff a B. Like, I think his offense has worked, but it just the piece. It's gonna take a while, in my opinion, to to get the offense where it needs to be, especially on the O line and a couple of the personnel decisions, and you know some of the stuff that he. Hopefully, he learned some stuff when he was Lincoln Riley. I know a lot of people. Talk about Lincoln Riley offense as gimmicky is, but there are definitely some concepts that could definitely work in the NFL. And then another question I do have about um, two more topics. One, how do you feel about EB? It's been a lot of rumbling on Twitter about Eric B. Enemy. What really happened with him? What's next with him? Was he really the main problem here? What's going on with EB? Will he get another job in the NFL? What is EB's problem? 
So you know what? This is this is the point where I'm gonna do a solo. I'm gonna do a solo layout, and I'm gonna talk about, and then I'm gonna let you talk. Listen, I'm burnt down about EV, bro. I'm burnt down about it. Like I, I, I tweeted today. I get it for all you outsiders, but this is the funny thing, though. A lot of people saw that because he went to Washington last year. They already expected him to fail. And they already expected the team to be bad regardless. But the only thing that they wanted, they wanted him to be head coach. Oh, no. Nah. It don't work like that, bro. Not a lot of places. EB knew what he was getting into. He knew there was no Patrick Mahomes. He knew there was no Tyreek Hill. He knew there was no Isaiah Pacheco. He definitely knew there was no Travis Kelsey. And he knew this team was not consistently a playoff team. He knew Ron Rivera was heading into the last year because he knew ownership was coming in. New ownership, by the way. And, okay, a lot of things were good for the first couple of weeks. But let's be completely honest. Y'all try to paint this as if Washington fans ruin everything. Let's be real. Sometimes, man, like he said, EB is a man of his word. Sometimes comfortability, I can't remember his quote, but all I'm saying is, bro, like y'all sitting up here trying to make Washington fan base as a bad, like we sit here and watch this guy every week. Like, bro, like, you know, you don't have some of the stuff. Run the football. You don't have to throw the ball 40 to uh, 50 times a game when Brian Robinson averages seven to six yards a pop. Like, make it make sense. And I understand he did that at Kansas City, but we're not Kansas City. The best offensive coordinators, they adapt. They don't try to force a peg into something that's not going to work. And that's the main problem I have with EB. Now, and, and to, be, to be completely honest with you, yes, the defense was trash. The defense was definitely trash, but it, it, it wasn't like, okay, when he come over here, I'm expecting the offense to be good. The offense was basically the same, same ranking, everything. Matter of fact, Scott Turner's offense was statistically better. And and you mean to tell me Terry McCorn and Jahan Dawson, they can't get separation? They were getting separation with, 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 uh, with Scott Turner. Why in the world they can't get separation – in an EB offense, when they had Tyreek Hill and all these other wide receivers. Make it make sense, Kayla. Make okay. it make sense. Yeah, so this is how I feel about the whole um, Eric B. Enemy situation. Um, honestly, I think it was just time for him to go. Like, I was one who was all in on EB. Like, he, he says the right things. I, I can't lie. He definitely said the right things. Why not Washington training camps got you fired up? But when it came and when it mattered on the field, when the bright lights were on, he just failed. Sometimes when you gamble on yourself, you lose. And that's what exactly what happened. Like, if people are saying we don't get African-Americans opportunities, he had if, if that was the case, he wouldn't have even been our offensive coordinator last year. And then also, Ron Rivera gave him full autonomy of the offense. He could have done whatever he wanted. Um, without without no changes, if he wanted to, he bought in Andrew Wiley. Um, he helped bring Pringle over there, so he he had a lot to do with the offense. Like it's not just all Ron, just let him do whatever. No, EB did not know how to 
adjust in the game midseason. He didn't develop Sam Howell. He he saw what he was who he was at the beginning of the season. After that, you never saw Sam grow. And that's your goal as a coach to see your quarterback grow and see the team grow. Well, you got the running back not running the ball. You got a whole tight end that never got used the whole season at all. Like Cole Turner in college, I looked at him. He wasn't terrible. He could have been used in the red zone. And what is a quarterback's best friend, a tight end? I mean, Logan Thomas wasn't really been being used either. Like the tight ends weren't really being used this season, wasn't running the ball. Wide receivers barely getting open. Like, what? Like, he's like, what? Like, so you expect to get a promotion for doing what? Four wins, like what? What do you want a promotion for? Like I do expect him to do to bounce back, like because I don't ever want his people lose jobs. Like I expect him to do well because he's got a lot of narratives against him, but it just didn't work in Washington. I wish him the love. I hope he gets another opportunity. That's just what it is with DB, like plain and simple. When we got players talking up against you. That's that's a problem. Just like they were talking about against Scott Turner, he had to go. Once your once your players start talking talking up against you, you can't. Once you lose your locker room, that's about it. Thank that's you. About it. And that's the point right there. Like, and now now we can we can have this debate maybe in another podcast about you know the culture that these players witness. You know, in my opinion, like I still think EB was the right type of person that they needed because if you listen if you listen to Dan Quinn's conference today, it's all about accountability. So. I shouldn't see no excuses for a lot of these players because you're going to get a coach that held your candle. But when EB did it, and he has, you know, he has what he has done is a track record that has helped his team won two Super Bowls. It was a problem to some of these players, and they've been losing for like almost four to five years, which I get it. They they grown men. I, I don't want to get fussed out all the time by another grown person, like you know, see we talk about. But I think that's the that's just accountability. We haven't been good, so we're trying to get you to be great. But also another thing is when it comes to EB, it's like, look, EB was on a team that was only won four games. Now, he wasn't a player on the field. I mean, there there are some things, you know, I felt like, you know, Sam caused some problems as well, but I also felt like it was mainly caused because the EB didn't put him in the right situation. Situation, yeah. You wanted him to fail. Like, it was either his way or the highway. The stubbornness won't get you far in this world at all. If you're stubborn, you can be the best person well, in the world. Maybe because Sam reaches ceiling. And you, man, that's when I he still think Pritchard was his hire. That's when he talked with Sam and Pritchard say, what do we do next? We can help this kid grow. Let's not keep him at the same wall. But no, he didn't do that. He just let him keep going out there, keep getting hit. Same, same, same calls. <laughs> <laughs> Sam just just failing like you can see that man just got deflated and coaching was definitely a part of it. Sam played a part as well, but coaching I think was the main issue. And EB had a big role in it. Like he gambled with himself and he lost. It's time to move on. And and to be honest with you, as much as you know, we were on the Sam Howell train, we were promoting the Howell train. They should have had a real quarterback competition. To be completely honest. And, then and over the offseason was talking about how much he loved Sam, how they looked at him in Kansas City. He did that. You should have seen what he needed to work on and, 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 and try to help him with that. That's what he was talking about. They liked him in Kansas City. They was going to get him in Kansas City. Um, How's my guy? I see a lot in him. If you see a lot in him, help him grow. Don't keep him at that same spot. So it looks like he played better with that one game in Dallas than he did with 
because you need to be most of the game. Not all, but most of them. And then we have a game you're doing good. You switch up the whole game plan the next week. It's like, what? I got a question for you. Yeah. Let's, let's say, and I know we're going on past issues, but this is really about EB. Let's say Ron Rivera doesn't like tell all the offensive coordinators when they come here, Sam's going to be the starter. Let's say he wants a true quarterback competition and they go with Jacoby because of his veteran experience. Do you think, do you think Jacoby would have helped EB resume more than Sam Howell? Or do you think think regardless it would have been the same? I think it probably would have still been the same. Like, Jacoby probably probably ended up with six wins, but that's clearly not too much of a big difference with four. But I do think it's just the play calling. I just don't think this team fit EB. Like, that's okay. We didn't have the personnel. He had opportunities to get them. Some, (laughs) it didn't work. Like, I just think this team just wasn't right for him. And I'm happy he did get an opportunity to see what he can, what he needs to grow on in the future. Because you never know. If he would have been stuck in KC, you never know what he would have really truly became. So I'm happy he did get an opportunity. I'm just upset how it turned out, but he put that on himself. And it's just time to move on. I hope he gets a job soon. Not even if not this this round, next round. I hope he goes in and develops some of his team for himself. Yeah, I agree. I hope he get a job too. I mean, to me, if I'm him, I'll probably go to Seattle. That's really the only spot left where they don't have an offensive-minded coach um, to run the offense, especially with Mike McDonald up there. Um, so this this about to be a huge off season. That's all I gotta say. It's huge off season. Um, two pick. There's a lot. Of number two pick. pick. We're about to get into more of that. Uh, definitely going to try to have some people up here, you know, to, to talk about these certain situations. Yep, next episode, but, we'll break down the new, all the position hires. We're about to hire probably a few more. You know, we're going to go ahead and just look into the roster, see what what we can build on upon 2024. All we go over all the 27 players and see what we can, what we need going into 2024. We can look to see some physical players. That's one word that they kept saying we, we're going to have this season. So. I want to take a deeper dive into that. Anything you want to say before we close out? Uh, yes, you guys can. Um, hang on, oh, I had a brain fart. <coughs> Good gracious, what was my bad? Oh, you guys can follow us on Twitter at D Cleveland Junior and Darius Rick. That's the ins and out D podcast page, and you can follow Kayla at KPow. 0922. Uh, keep up to date with us with a lot of the news going on with Washington. We be in spaces um, every day around 11 o'clock, um, sometimes 8 o'clock as well, depending on Mr. Glenn. But um, get all your information about the Washington Commanders. <coughs> oh, Jesus. Man, Dan Quinn got me choking out here. But get all your information about um, the Washington Commanders and much more coming up. Um, we're going to be very interactive this offseason. Um, a lot of things we're trying to get into play, uh, trying to get some people up here, trying to get some, you know, guys very close to certain situations, some people who play quarterback, some people who play certain positions, you know, but keep up with us, man. Um, this is going to be a, a, a wild off season. I cannot wait for the new era in DC for oh, I'm ready. You see my hat? It's, it's go time. It's go time. And if you're, if week one, FedEx field, I should see everybody with their hats like this. Let's embrace our new head coach who wanted to be here. 
He wanted to be here, so let's embrace him. Everybody coming to FedEx Field with sneakers and hats up <laughs> turned the wrong way. All right, so it is not your time, it's not their time, it's not the Eagles' time. Oh, it's definitely not the Cowboys' time, it's not the Giants' time. But guess what time it is? It's command time. Stay safe. You guys just watched Command Time with Kayla and GT. We see you guys next week. Got me feeling so free, free.